1: So, Kellen, it's the summer of 2023, and I got to say, what a summer it's been. Yeah, I
0: think that's an understatement. Like, not only has it been quite a summer, but it has been record-breaking, like unprecedented, the hottest summer that has ever been on record.
1: Now, I should say it's summer when we're recording this. Um, we are several weeks ahead in recording this podcast just to give us some leeway. With our last podcast, we were always just one or two episodes ahead. And it luckily, it worked out over 130 episodes that we never fell behind. But we wanted to really make sure um, that we didn't get ourselves in a pickle. So when you're hearing this, it's probably more like fall of 2023. But looking back on what this summer has been um, and what's happened over the last seven or eight weeks, between the time that we're recording this and the time you're hearing it, it's just, I just can't, I don't, it it's almost, it was expected, but it's still a shock um, that it's happening so quickly as far as just the heat records falling and the temperature anomalies and just the weather anomalies in general and the consequences of that. We're truly seeing the signs of climate change and the impact that climate change is having on people. And as this has been happening On the one hand, I've been um, thinking about our last podcast and and where this falls with all that. And on the other hand, I'm thinking, I need to be more resilient, right? Because we don't know how long we have until supply chains start to fail, food is inaccessible, there's more food insecurity, there may be a rise in violence, and all these other threats that we've talked about. Um, Everything that's happening and that continues to happen is – it exacerbates those threats.
0: Yeah, I I hope – that people who maybe in the past haven't been as aware of the threats that we face are more aware now. Like, I don't know how you could see what's going on in the news and not think I need to prepare myself for what's to come. Because when it comes to just the climate, that's just one factor, but it's a big one. And we've been able to see over decades how we're just moving into more and more dangerous territory then when we have a year like this, obviously it's an El Nino year, um, so everything is exacerbated. But it's not like next year and the next year and the next year things are just going to get easier and easier for us. It's clear that it's going to get more challenging. So I I feel like this this kind of
1: topic that we're covering today is going to
0: be relevant for everyone.
1: Yeah, thank you. Well said. And I I did want to mention as well because um, we haven't brought this up I don't think since we really started the podcast. We do a patreon um we have we have a Patreon for uh, our listeners who want to join and support us where every week we talk about what is happening in the news, what are we seeing going on out in the world right now that is impacting us um, that is furthering us down that road to collapse what are the signs? What are the threats? So as we start doing this podcast, I, I think we'll kind of shift that a little bit as well to um, to be more resilience-minded. So if you are interested in what's happening, if, if you're not glued to your television and paying attention to the news, but you want to hear us talk about it for half an hour once a week, um, join us on Patreon. Awesome.
0: Well, maybe with that, it's a good chance for us to dive in. Last week, we talked about threat modeling. And just how important it is to identify what risks that we face on an individual level and collectively pull all that together with like the pillars and the variables and the other things we've talked about. And once we have all of that together, then we're ready to make a plan.
1: Yeah. And this step, it's really a culmination of everything that we've done up to this point, right? You could say that the the entire podcast is about making and carrying out a plan. Um, but everything that we've talked about up to this point makes it so makes it so simple to make it, to do your plan, right? This is the episode where we're actually going to talk about putting that plan together. But all the hard work has been done if you've kind of followed the steps we've talked about throughout the rest of the framework. Um, if you haven't, then yeah, you've still got to compile all that. You've got to figure out what your variables are and and where your strengths are and your weaknesses and all these different things. What your end goal is. But if you've been following along. If you've been kind of um, doing the mental exercises, writing this stuff down along the way, you get here, and this part should be uh, relatively easy, I would think.
0: Yeah, and so far as we've been going through the framework, the idea has been we're really introducing each step of the framework at a high level, and there's so much that we're looking forward to diving into in the future and getting more and more specific, more detailed. So at this point, you might not have all everything figured out, Right. But um, I think today what we'd like to do is just step through an example of what it would look like as you start to formulate a plan. In the future, we'll talk more about how we can make that even more meaningful. But this is just to, to based on your own individual situation to help you start to see what that might look like.
1: Yeah, perfect. And again, because there's a bajillion different s- potential scenarios, what we're going to talk about here isn't going to be... Um, specific to you, right? you got to take in all your own, um, uh, your own variables to make this happen, but at least this should give a good idea of what a plan could look like for one specific scenario.
0: Also, one thing that I think is worth mentioning is I, th- it's okay. If a plan comes in phases, um, we've talked about so many things so far, and when you try to make a plan for yourself, you might not be able to address everything right from the get-go. You shouldn't. Yeah. You'll get overwhelmed for sure. So you you have to take it in stages. And that's some of what we'll we'll see in this example.
1: Right. So, so just as a high-level idea here, we talk about having the end in mind, right? Knowing what it is you want to accomplish, what is your end or your desired outcome. Um, you're not going to be able to just say, here's my desired outcome boom, here's my plan and what I'm going to do. Let me just go start doing it. You have to break that up into sizable chunks and say, here's a sub goal or here's one milestone or step along the way to accomplishing that. And it's my highest priority. So here's where I'm going to begin and then build on that. Great. So here's what we've
0: done. In one of our previous episodes, we had like three hypothetical scenarios, kind of a a made up person A, a person B and a person C so that we could talk through some different examples there. I've taken one of those and we're going to kind of extrapolate. We're gonna we're going to dive a little bit deeper on what it might look like for that individual. But first, Corey, I need you to help me come up with a name for this person. Frederick. Uh this is a black woman in her mid sixties. Frederica. Okay. We can do that.
1: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um I just I just pulled that out of Nowhere. Yeah. I mean, first you said Frederick and then yeah. you changed it to Frederica. Let's go with it. All right. Okay.
0: Um, okay. So, Frederica. <laughs> um, she is in her mid-60s. She has some health issues. She is retired. Um, so, she's got some time, but she doesn't have a lot of income. She's on a, a social security income. Um, she lives in the Midwest in a suburban neighborhood kind of semi-suburban, semi-rural. Um, she's affiliated with a religious community. She used to visit her, her grandparents ranch growing up. And so a lot of, uh, her ideas around being resilient came from that. Um, her kids are moved out, but she has multiple children and grandchildren and, her desired outcome is creating the best situation for her posterity, for her children and grandchildren. So that's that's what we outlined last time when we just came up with a profile. Um, as we go through this, you will hear that we've taken some of Frederica's <laughs> desired outcome, um, the variables about her situation, uh, the different risks, some of her strengths. The opportunities at hand, um, you know, the the different pillars that she needs to consider. And I'm not going to go through this in any particular order, but we're just going to step through some of what Frederica might be thinking of as she's starting to put together a plan. Okay, so she anticipates that there will be some significant struggles in the coming decades, but she's not going to try to prepare long-term. Uh, some of that, like like she's not trying to Think ahead about three, four decades from now, if, if we see this gradual decline in society, like she's not really worried about that, mostly because of her age. We talked about one of her desired outcomes is creating the best situation for her children and grandchildren, but she realizes that she can't prepare everything for everyone. She can't do the preparation for them. So one of her goals is going to be education, like to educate them, help, help set them up on the right path. With that in mind, she also wants to have things enough in order that if she ever had to, she could take care of her three kids and her seven grandkids for a six week period of time. So that's her, her desired outcome. She doesn't want to overwhelm herself. She doesn't need to take care of them for years, but if there's just some sort of an incident or a calamity she needs to gather them together. They're going to have what they need to get by for six weeks. And she feels like during that time, they can figure the rest of it out.
1: Awesome. I think that is um, very realistic, right? She could she could overwhelm herself by saying, I'm going to set, like, uh, I'm going to build an entire homestead where they could come and live and survive for the next several decades. Um, but she's saying, they're going to need to figure this out themselves. I, I can't. Like, I will teach them. But I can't set it all up for them, so beyond teaching them and, and trying to help them learn why they need to do it for themselves, I will make sure at least I can help them out for a month and a half, if uh, if if required. Yeah, and maybe if she had more resources,
0: maybe uh, she would decide. Yeah, I want to have this homestead and I want to set them up for generations to come. But she's realistic, like you said, about her situation. So she's
1: decided that's that's her desired outcome. And look, it's a great place to start. She might achieve that. She might realize, wow, six weeks was actually easier than I thought it was going to be. And she might do that in a couple of years. And she might realize, hey, I still got 15 to 20 years left. Let's ex- either extend that period or, or let's up the ante, change a different goal. But for now, she's not thinking about that. She's not super concerned about that and keeping things realistic leaves her with a motivate, you know, a motivation, an eye on a realistic prize that she can go out and aggressively pursue.
0: And I love,
1: as, as we step through
0: this, you hear about one of the methodologies out there for setting any sort of goal is like smart goals, right. That are specific and measurable and attainable and realistic, realistic time bound. Mm -hmm. And she's saying specifically, I want to take care of my three kids and seven grandkids for six weeks if that need arises. So that's her main goal. And and because she's specific, then she can actually uh, create specific action items.
1: Wonderful. And by the way, this just uh, random thought here, which we talked about some of the principles early on, right? I mean, in the early episodes. And one of those principles that we talked about um, was about how any preparation that you do is number one, better than nothing. And how anything that you do may work out in ways that you didn't necessarily expect. So I think about like, she could prepare for six weeks to have all of her children and grandchildren gathered. Um, but maybe uh, that's not necessary in her lifetime. Maybe what is necessary, though, is that one of her grand- her children and their grandchildren need a special amount of help. And because she's gathered what she has, she can help them for an entire year until they get back on their feet. Um, we have no idea what's going to happen, but any work that we do do will help out either in expected or in very unexpected ways. Yeah, well said. So
0: she's also decided as as you know we listed all those pillars before that she just wants to start by focusing on food, water, shelter and energy. Those are really the ones that are like most critical. Things like sanitation, communication, specialization, those are things that she's decided
1: she'll figure out later. But that's not part of her first phase. Sure. If you're trying to get by for 6 weeks, um maybe you know, you you can figure out where to go to the bathroom for six weeks if if you have to. You don't want to do that forever. It wouldn't be healthy in the long run, right? But for an emergency, for a short-term emergency, you can find a bucket and figure it out, right? Um, so that makes sense to not overwhelm herself, to not overdo it on the costs or the energy, or the time that she has to put in. She's going to focus on the most important aspects, which you mentioned.
0: Awesome. Okay, so let's keep going we mentioned her financial situation, but just to dive in a little bit deeper, (laughs) Frederica has some decent savings, but really the only source of monthly income she's getting is from social security. In this hypothetical situation, her sister passed away and left her a camper trailer. Oh, that was nice. Yeah. Oh, well, not, not intentional, right?
1: Well, sure. (laughs) It was intentional that she left the camper trailer though. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, she could keep it, right? Like, and and for some people to have a camper trailer would be such an awesome resource when it comes to resilience. But for her, for Frederica, she doesn't have a truck to pull it with. Um, She doesn't, like, at her age, she's not really interested in if there was something, like, trying to go take
1: that camper trailer. She's anywhere. not going to bug out. And put all our resources in a camper trailer and try and go up in the wilderness yeah. with it. So, as she's looked around, she's
0: decided she thinks she can get $29,000 from it.
1: Oh, huh? it's a good camper trailer. Yeah.
0: Um, And her plan is to sell it by the end of next month. So, that's one of her first action items. And that money that she's going to get from that is going to help her with some of the things we'll talk about soon. Awesome. Um, as she's looked at her risks, she realizes that one of her big risks is an, in, in regards to medications, that she would be in a tough spot if all of a sudden she didn't have access to a pharmacy at this time. However, she has, she just has no idea how she could set herself up for success. She doesn't know what the options are or how to, how to handle, you know, having the medications that she needs if she can't get to a pharmacy. So part of her plan is to figure that out. And and that's something I want to call out that that's okay to have that be part of your plan. You can just say, here's a risk for me. I need to figure out. I want to figure it out by this date. Yeah.
1: But again, you don't have to have everything figured out initially. And I mean, when it comes to resilience, like there are so many questions that you're going to have or problems that you don't know how to overcome and yeah part of the plan is to say i'm going to figure out how to do it and then the next part of the plan will be to do it but first you have to gain the knowledge um, which comes in with our next um our next episode right the next step in the framework which is to gain the knowledge skills and assets but first you have to make the plan to know what it is you're trying to learn or understand or obtain yeah spot on which by the way we've talked about how there's so many
0: things we're going to be diving into in future episodes um as we get more and more specific with each of the different risks and variables and the pillars you look at something like medications uh that that's likely a topic that we will cover in a future episode
1: oh for sure probably probably several times in different episodes yeah yeah
0: Okay, she has also realized that some of her other big risks uh, are, you know, she lives in the Midwest, specifically in the state of Iowa, and tornadoes and snowstorms are the two things that, uh, from a natural disaster standpoint or extreme weather, that she has to worry about. When it comes to tornadoes, um, she has a storm cellar, but the latch is broken on the door. So that's one action item as part of her plan is just... To fix the latch on the door. When it comes to snowstorms, she feels most worried about that because she's, she's worried about being able to stay warm. And at this point, she doesn't know a whole lot about all of the different options that are out there, but based on what she knows, she thinks her best option is probably to buy a generator and have a portable heater. But her goal as part of her plan is to either purchase a generator or find another way to generate heat by this time next year. Perfect.
1: So it sounds like her her best, her, perhaps her most important step in that is to first verify what is going to be the best source. She doesn't want to just go out and, and blow 800 bucks on a generator if she's not sure that that's going to be the best option. First, she's going to want to look into, okay, do I go with a generator? Do I get a wood-burning stove? You know, whatever it ends up being, um, she should make sure she knows what that is. And then as a secondary step is going to be to also make sure she has some redundancies in place.
0: Absolutely. So uh, I love the idea that she can say, I think this is my best option, but I'm going to leave it open to being able to find, do some more research and find out if that actually is one way or another. I'm going to solve that problem. I'm going to mitigate that risk by this specific time. One other risk, she feels like in this current political climate, she's worried about, you know, maybe some threats to her security because she's black. And eventually she wants to get a security camera set up at home, possibly a firearm, but she feels like that's maybe for phase two. First phase for now, she's going to just reach out to a couple of individuals in her religious community and ask them if she can have them on speed dial in case something happens or or in case she feels like there's an immediate
1: threat. Excellent. That piece falls under the communication piece mixed with the security piece, right? Um, and again, just knowing that there is another phase later on, but it's not the priority at this moment, it frees your brain up to be able to just relax a little bit and say, I know that that's important, but I'm giving myself permission to not stress about that at this moment. Once I get through the very most important stuff, then we can focus on that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we mentioned before, so we've gone through some of the risks and what, what her plan is there. We mentioned that she wants to start with things like food and water, the most basic essentials uh, when it comes to survival, when it comes to those pillars. So when it when we talk about food, she has decided at least to start That she's going to focus on canned foods that both have a pretty long shelf life and that are part of her regular diet. Of course. And that way she can just buy a little bit extra each time she goes to the store, start to build up that food storage, and she can work her way through it on a continual basis. And we
1: will do many episodes in the future on different food storage options, uh, strategies for that. Um, just basic principles for food storage, which you've just alluded to one, but don't get overwhelmed now thinking like, oh, do I just need to know all this stuff? We'll, we'll get there. Yeah. So in
0: in her situation where she, uh, like you can see in this plan, there's a lot of things she knows she still needs to figure out. She doesn't want to overwhelm herself. So she's just listed five items, five food items that she is, each time she goes to the grocery store, she's going to make sure she gets a little bit extra of those items are cornmeal, pasta like macaroni pasta, pinto beans, potato flakes, and when she can find them, like dehydrated apple slices. Right. And and what I love about that is that, again it's very specific. She takes a lot of the the stress and energy of making a decision every week at the grocery store out of it because she's already made that decision. She just said, "Hey, here's the items that." I eat on a regular basis, they have a long storage life. And when you, when you factor in like the protein from the pinto beans and you get the, the apple slices and you get, you know, it's, it's something that she and her loved ones will be able to survive on just fine for a while. Okay. So let's talk about water. She has several five gallon water containers and she is creating a schedule for how often she needs to dump the water and refresh it. But she re- recognizes that like that much water wouldn't be enough to sustain her and her kids and grandkids for like six weeks. But living in Iowa, well, she, she has a neighbor with a private well and she's talked to that neighbor about being able to get water in case she ever needs to. And what she has done here is she's made an agreement with that neighbor Anytime we've got like a tornado warning, you can come over to my storm cellar and and we can hide out here until it passes. Like I want to offer that to you. And and would you be willing to, if if there's ever a shortage and I need some water that I could come get some water from you. And she's made that agreement. Awesome. So that's where her plan is at right now. And really when you think about it, Like there are some, there's some work there to do, um, but it's not anything I don't think too overwhelming. And yet even with just that plan, I think she's ahead of 95% of the population.
1: And that's a big point I think to hit on is that just doing some basic stuff, Right. Figuring out um, food, water for a short period of time, you are going to be miles ahead of most of your neighbors, right? The goal is not to be ahead of anyone else. It's not like that's going to make the difference. But um, if most people took that extra effort to make a little plan like this, to go through that first initial step, um, the whole, you know, everybody would be so much better off, so much more resilient. I think the beginning, the first efforts that we make are going to be the basis for all for our resilience. It's going to make a huge difference in our mindset for how it works, for what it takes to make it happen. And like you said, um, it's kind of like the Pareto principle, the 80, 20 pr- principle, where that little bit of effort that you make up front is actually going to be the the bulk of what's most important.
0: Yeah. And this plan it does and should look very different than what a plan would look like for anybody else. Like, and that's why I love this framework is because it can be so tailored to, to each person's needs. But I also like, you know, we, we talked about a lot of extra context and things here, but really she's got a list of things that she needs to do over the next year. She knows that she needs to start having some conversations with her kids and grandkids and start kind of teaching them some of what she's learning about resilience. She knows she needs to sell the camper trailer. She needs to fix the latch on the storm cellar door. She she has a goal to figure out what to do about medications. Because she doesn't know what to do about that yet. She's either going to purchase a generator. Or find another way to heat her home over the next year. Um, she'll talk to a couple people from her religious community so she can have them on speed dial. She knows what she needs to get from the grocery store each time she goes over the next year. She's already made that agreement with her neighbor regarding the water. And like, that's it. That's what she feels like she has the bandwidth for. That's what's going to help her mitigate the risks that are the, you know, the biggest threats in her life. And it's really not anything too extreme.
1: I love it. And everybody's different and everybody might approach making their plan a little differently. Um, I say that to say that, that in this case, Frederica, she might feel like she's going to get overwhelmed if she tries to plan too much. She's made some very specific action items here, that she feels is going to be a great first step. And maybe if she is getting overwhelmed, that might be all she ever does. But it, it gets her close to where she wants to be with her end result, right? Her, her desired outcome in mind. For other people, they might go through that first phase and say, but I I do want to see, I want to know what's next, right? So they might look at like that storm cellar and say, I'm going to start by fixing that latch because that is the most urgent, most important thing I need to do. But then they might think, you know, I also would like to make sure that the storm cellar itself um, has some of those essentials in it. So that if I'm in there for a prolonged period of time and a tree falls on the storm cellar, I can be in there for a while until I get help, right? And then, After that, they might also want to know that um, they want to set up a communication plan. So, if there is a storm, they know exactly who they should be reaching out to. And that person should be expecting a phone call from them after any storm warning to say, I'm safe. And if they don't get it, they need to come check on her, right? And remove that tree from off her hatch or off her uh, storm cellar so she can get out, whatever. There's there's redundancies and things, there's deeper levels that she can go with that plan. Some people might want to write all that down and know what they're going to be doing in the future now. Others, like Frederica, might say, I'm just going to worry about getting that latch fixed. And then once she does that, she might take a new visit at it and say, okay, now now what? I'll set one more goal to get a little bit further.
0: And I, I think of somebody like Frederica as probably just the average person who wants to be a little more resilient but doesn't feel like they can dedicate a ton of time or a ton of money to it. Casual, casual resilience sort of thing. Yeah. But I love that you can get somebody at the other end of the spectrum who maybe like is, is ready to quit their job and move out and build their own community. And, and they might look at this and like that they would, they would almost laugh at
1: it. I already did that. Yeah. You know, I want, I want to lay it all out. I want to know, how I'm going to set myself up for success the rest of my life.
0: Right. So their plan might be like 10 pages worth. Um, And yet it's still going to be looking at the same pillars. You're still going to be factoring in the same variables and risks. You're still considering what your desired outcome is. Like all the same principles are there. You get to decide whether you want it to be really ramped up or really toned down.
1: Yeah. I think the main idea to take from this is that all of this takes conscious like thought a thought process you can't just say i want to be resilient and so i'm going to jump on youtube and figure out what heater to get like you can't just start like that it's again that's just throwing bricks together and hoping that it makes a nice structure you've got to to sit and think about all these different things make sure that you have in your mind a solid picture of your circumstances and of the potential uh, circumstances that come with collapse and then say, okay, let's lay out what we need to to do to reach our desired outcome and start piece by piece to make it happen. Absolutely. So next week, we're going to talk about some of the, um, maybe strategies behind acquiring skills, knowledge, um, assets, kind of just a general overview of what that process is going to look like, which in all honesty is the, it's resilience. It's the, it's the actual doing of everything we've talked about, right? It's the part that you'll be doing your entire life if you want to continually become more and more resilient. So it's the habits that we're going to get into in order to actually fulfill our resilience desires. And with that one, um, we're getting pretty close. There's just a couple episodes left to finish out the framework. And then we can get uh, started to diving into into the details and actually start talking about um, strategies for, for doing it.
0: Yeah, and I think having... At least a a general action plan at this point is so important because like in the case of Frederica, she doesn't, she wouldn't know what skills to acquire, what knowledge she needs to go gain, what assets she needs until she's really looked at her risks and her opportunities and strengths and variables and all of those things. So, you know, I, I think it's very deliberate that we're going to be talking about those items next week after we've talked about a plan of action. But yeah, just so excited to finish out the framework, round that out, and then dive into the more specific items.